Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-round wine communication. Tickets are on sale now, so for more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everybody. My name is Stevie Kim, and welcome to Italian Wine Club on Clubhouse. Ciao, everybody. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao, Laika. How are you? Where are you? I'm still at home, so yeah, same soon. Are you getting ready to to get married? (laughs) Yeah, quite stressful, but getting there. (laughs) What do you mean? You're already officially married, so it's it's just another party, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's a lot of guests, so we just How thought it's guests? 150 guests. <laughs> oh my goodness, are you out of your mind? That, <laughs> anyway. Those are too many people. Listen, yeah. uh, Laika, tell us a little bit about the Ambassador's Corner for those who are unaware. Um, All right, so uh, we've been doing the Ambassador's Corner for uh, for a year now. More than a year now. Um, so this is the Clubhouse Ambassador's Corner. Stevie really likes to do matchmaking with the producer and the uh, Italian wine ambassador. So it's actually... Yeah, I don't know if I would too. call it matchmaking. That sounds <laughs> kind of sexy, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like um, it's allowing, uh, giving the spotlight for our ambassadors to also moderate and interview our producers, whoever they want to interview, their favorite um, Italian wine producers. So yeah, that's it. So we've been doing it for more than a year for now. For now. Oh my God, that's crazy, right? It seems mm-hmm. like just yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, this is a very popular um, segment on the Italian Wine Podcast because, yes, we do record it on Clubhouse platform. They have excellent, excellent audio, I must say. And then we replay it on Italian Wine Podcast, wherever you get your pods. And we are really, really grateful for all of you who are listening in and supporting us because we've reached more than 3 million listens um, recently. And I think we might get pretty soon to 4 million if all things goes well. So Laika is our clubhouse manager. However, I see also Joy. Joy's sitting right next to me in in a booth. Hey, Joy. Hello, Joy. Hi, how are you? Hi. Tell us a little bit about the genesis of Italian Wine Podcast. The genesis? Wow, okay. Not long, just a skinny version. (laughs) 
Okay. Well, Italian podcast began in 2017. And I believe I think we started at uh, about 14,000 listens in the first year and then um, 22,898. Yeah, okay, you know the numbers better than me. Yes. But uh, a couple of years ago, or not even it was at 400,000 and then the pandemic hit. And it just exploded because I guess people started to really listen to podcasts more. And now we seem to be just growing at leaps and bounds. And now we have, uh, rather than having one show, which is how we started, and then we had two, and then, you know, we, we're now at seven to eight, nine, sometimes 10 shows a week. And we just piggyback them in the afternoon. Uh, there's different types of uh, shows. There's business, there's food and wine, there's a show called Voices, personal stories, and there's there's just there's science, there's so much. And there's obviously your show as well, which is on Saturdays, which is um, on the road edition, which we also have our sister channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, and those uh, videos get played there. And uh, it's, it's a really good uh, symbiotic relationship with that show. So there we have it. Genesis. Okay. Great. Thank you for that, Joy. Joy is, of course, our producer for Italian Wine Podcast. She has the honor and privilege to man and coordinate all of our podcasters, including myself, which is no small feat, by the way. So thank you so much for your your great work. And thank you, everyone in the audience um, who have been supporting us. And you know, pass the good word, you know, spread the gospel about Italian wine and Italian wine people. There you go. So that's it. Let's bring on our moderator, Maud, Robert Maggi. Ciao, Robert. Hi, ciao, Stevie. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? So the queen died. Are you upset? I know. Sad, sad times. Um, I, I am a little bit, I guess, but no, it's uh, it's it's strange being here, actually. Yeah, that's so all you, we hear about. Yeah, so Robert Maggi is his name. So he's half Welsh, and Maggi is the Italian part. By the way, is Marika your relative or wife no, or no, no, sister no. or? No, no, no. Well, not not that I know of. There's no relation there, but um, it's just um, by chance. It is. It is. And uh, I guess there's a, a good, great connection there. So maybe, who knows, down the line, there's some sort of connection. Yeah, that's fantastic. So Robert um, is originally from Puglia, but as you can tell by his accent, he's now settled in Cardiff um, for the past four years. And he went to this funky university. I can't even pronounce it. It's Aberystwyth. How do you say that? Aberystwyth. Yeah. I mean, what's up with that? Aber, Aber is easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, uni and it with management with a specialization in Spanish. Is that possible? Um, it is. Yeah, yeah. They, they allow you to kind of mix and match. Um, and so I wanted to learn another language. Um, and so I went down the Spanish route. Yeah. So you got the wine bug, I guess, a few years back. And you've done ICE, then WSET, like many of us. And then finally, most importantly... You became the Italian wine ambassador with their last edition in London, just just a few few months, a couple of months ago. Yeah, I did. No, very exciting. And actually, I'm, I'm I think I'm more nervous now than than when I was in the morning of the exam. Yeah. So, yeah. so no, no, don't be nervous. <laughs> this is really, really informal and easy. Yeah, no, um. So congratulations again. We had a small session 
at the Institute of Masters of Wine. And it was it was it was really a lot of fun. So you also run your own company now, which is called Wines and Vines. What is that all about? Um, so we do actually focus a lot on on um, native varieties from Italy. Um, so those kind of lesser known varieties. We try to kind of inspire that sense of curiosity in consumers to, to try different wines that maybe they wouldn't normally have. Um, and we try and work with smaller producers uh, and give them a voice as well in in probably the most difficult markets, um, wine markets in in the world, really. Um, so yeah, we're slowly uh, making our way, you know, through through the markets and. Um, um, I share this with two other partners um, who shared my same passion for wine. And yeah, we're based in Cardiff um, at the moment. But yeah, and we you also started like this like wine festival, right? Yes. Yeah. So we did. Finally, it was originally planned for 2020. But um, last June, we managed to organize the first edition of the Cardiff Wine Festival. Um, I thought there's a need for kind of a, a wine event. Um, and over 30 producers came over from Italy. Um, and I thought it was nice to, to have that kind of connection between the consumers and the producers. When did it take place? It was the 25th of June. Okay. So we're already just working now. on the next year. Yeah, just, just gone. Oh, okay. So are, will you be, will there be a repeating performance? Absolutely. Yeah, we're already working on next year's edition. Hopefully it'll be a little bit bigger as well. And, um, you know, so how do people few, get in touch like, with you if they're... There are some wine producers who are listening in and they would like to participate. Absolutely. Um, so our website. What Wines is it called? Vines. Cardiff Wine Festival or something like that? It's the Cardiff Wine Festival website. So we're also uh, on winesandvines.co.uk. Uh, there's all the information there to contact us. And my email is there. Uh, excellent. Excellent. So now let's get on to the show. Um, Robert, tell us why you've chosen Marika Maji to be on the call today with you. So I chose Marika. She's an incredible producer. Uh, not only her wines are amazing, but Marika is a person as well as very special um, and has played an important role and probably still does in my wine career. So I guess more people need to know about Marika and her great wines. And uh, like you said, you know, we actually share uh, the last name. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I, I kind of see her as a, as a big sister in many, many ways. Okay. So what are, you know, you know, I'm a little bit um, obsessed about learning objectives. So what are we um, supposed to learn today after the call? So hopefully we'll um, learn a bit more about the native grape variety Nero di Troia, Mm -hmm. Uva di Troia, and um, about a lesser known area from Puglia, which is Downia. So we're in the northern part of Puglia for this one. Oh, okay. I've never been. Okay. Well, very excited to listen in um, with the rest of us. So, okay, on to you now. And I will try to come back um, towards the end of the call to see if there are any questions, if we have any extra time left. Okay? Brilliant. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So, her passion for wine started from a young age. Uh, To open a bottle of wine is something special for her, full of meanings. From the early days as a student in Perugia, where she completed a master's in Tecnica di Abbinamento con Bevande Speciali, and where her passion for wine began to be the owner and manager of an award-winning winery in Puglia. She looks after every aspect, from the production to the sales and all the marketing, applying a very personal approach to it, creating from the early days the brand I Love Melograno to promote the rosé wine, the first rosé wine made from Nero di Troia in the Danube region. She promotes her wines, uniting the production area, the culture, and the beauty of a region, focusing on native varieties, dedicating her body and soul to the goals she intends to achieve, 
with great enthusiasm and with a professional philosophy of life, reflecting all the knowledge in the business. She's active on all social media platforms and her motto is follow your dreams. It is my great pleasure to introduce you to Marika Maggi, owner of Cantina La Marquesa. Ciao, Marika. Ciao. Hi, everybody. Uh, I am Marika Maggi from Cantina La Marquesa. Thank you, Stevie. I'm very excited because you are, for me, an icon. And thank you very much for this uh, special experience. Thank you, Robert, for uh, this opportunity. No problem. Cantina La Marquesa Winery was born about uh, 20 years ago. That is a great love story between me and uh, my husband, Sergio. Uh, Sergio has a family tradition and he's a third generation. He's growing up in the vineyard. And uh, my passion for the wine is um, a great matching. <laughs> Maybe in the future, uh, our son, Mattia Louis, if you want to follow our dream, he will be the fourth generation. But I don't know because uh, he's very, very young. And uh, we live in Downia, a very special place for me. And we have uh, 15 hectares in the farm. Uh, and uh, we have only native indigenous grapes like uh, Nero di Troia. Montepulciano, Bombino Bianco, Palanghina, Aglianico. Perfect. So how's vintage going these days? Is it a, is it a bit nice vintage? Is it a busy vintage? Now are... we have uh, in the middle of uh, harvest and uh, this vintage is fantastic. Uh, we have uh, one week uh, and uh, tomorrow we work with uh, Montepulciano. And tomorrow we pick up uh, the Nero di Troia for to make uh, my favorite uh, wine, uh, red wine, the Nerone, Il Nerone della Marchesa. is a uh, Nero di Troia 100%. Oh, fantastic. By the way, everybody, if, if you happen to be in Puglia, um, please do go by Zamarica. She the door is always open even during harvest, um, and she will have a bottle of wine open for you. Um, so, Marika, you mentioned you uh, live in uh, Daunia. In this is a, probably a lesser known area from uh, from Puglia. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, it's a very interesting area. And um, what what's so special about this area? The Daunia is uh, not very famous uh, like uh, uh, Salento, but is a uh, uh, a place with a rich in history. And uh, a lot of wine has always been produced in this uh, area. But, uh, Robert, 20 years ago, uh, there are few producers, everyone preferred to sell the wine. But now the situation is changed because the new generation preferred to uh, make the wine and uh, to start with new winery. I'm very proud to see uh, around uh, my winery uh, the others producer to make wine with a native grape because it's important for the for the history for the the story the, the history of uh, the area. You know, of course. 
No, no, it's great. And, and it's, especially, uh, it's, yeah. and especially because um, my city where I live, me and Sergio with my family, is very, very beautiful. Is uh, older, the name is Lucera, is older than Rome. In oh, wow. the past, my grandfather told me maybe the Lucera is the mother of Rome. We have beautiful monuments like a big amphitheater and a very beautiful castle. And I, I have the vineyards in front of the castle of Federico II. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yes. And of course, all your vineyards surround, are, are all surrounded around your, your, the winery and, and your house, really. So grapes never travel too far from, from the vineyards to the, to the, to the cellar. Uh, we have uh, five, uh, 15 hectares, around uh, 300 meters uh, around the, the cellar. It's very important for, to protect and conserve the aromas of the grapes. And the vinification is very fast because the tractor uh, comes very fast in the winery. Uh, that's great. So, yeah. of course, you've mentioned now just before that tomorrow you'll be starting uh, picking Nero di Troia, Uva di Troia. Uh, so, alongside yeah. Primitivo and Negro Amaro, um, Puglia really is, is uh, the, the third variety from Puglia is uh, Uva di Troia, uh, which is becoming very popular um, and showing great potential to really become uh, a great variety. Um, can you tell us maybe a little bit more about the variety? Yes, uh, I think the Primitiva and Negramaro are very famous just because they were born in areas uh, that start earlier than Nero di Troia. But Nero di Troia uh, is a wonderful grape. Uh, I think when I drink um, very good Nero di Troia, I think it's uh, like, um, or similar, like a Pinot Noir. Uh, because your color is not very uh, too much red, but it's very elegant, and uh, your potential is uh, more interesting. And especially when you made, I am proud of this, you made um, Nero di Troia with... Uh, Sumaril. Sumaril is the dialect uh, name of the uh, special, special uh, Nero di Troia. Yeah, like a clone, right? Uh, a, a specific yes. clone of Nero di Troia. Yes, it's a specific, yes, very, uh, very, very uh, small area as this kind of uh, the clone. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's still some confusion when it comes to, to the different clones of Uva di Troia. Um, there's uh, kind of different biotypes. Um, but yeah, I think more research is needed, right, to, to kind of um, come to the bottom and understand better the genetics of this yeah. variety. Yes, because uh, we have two kinds of clone, uh, Acino Piccolo and uh, Acino Grande small and uh, big. But uh, um, me and Sergio, we have a vineyard that is 40 years old with Acino Piccolo, and the name is the Sumaril. But now in the nursery, 
produce a clone with a larger grape. So I think it's too easier to find it. Okay. So newer newer wineries or newer plantings will have the, the kind of larger berry, which is easier to, to find and maybe a little bit more reliable. Yes. Would that be correct? Yes, Robert. But I think it's necessary to um, make um, a study with the university, with the support of a university, for to research this kind of grape. Same history sure. in Salento, you know, for um, Susumaniello. No, you know, it's important sure. to make to make a research and invest for research. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we'll, in in the next kind of few decades, we'll be able to to know a little bit more. And of course, Nero di Troia is is one of the latest varieties to ripen as well in Puglia. So it, it can be a long harvest for for for, for producers who work with Nero di Troia. Uh, yes, and, and now uh, the weather is changed, and uh, you can imagine uh, in the past, me and Sergio start the vintage in the second part of September, and for to uh, pick up the Nero di Troia start in the first of October, but now the weather change, and you. Uh, it's necessary to follow the weather, and uh, we start in the second part of the August for the Metodo Classico, and for Nero di Troia in the middle of September. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. This climate change is, is real. Yes. You, you use only the meteorologic station for to control the weather. And uh, you made an uh, uh, grado zuccherino, the sugar you control for to pick up the grape. Yes. Yeah, and obviously rain, rain is is yes. uh, basically inexistent apart from the day of my wedding. So sorry, a little oh. bit of a of a going out of out of tracks here. Uh, sorry, Stevie, but yeah, I got married a couple of weeks ago, and um, <laughs> it actually rained. Yeah. It actually rained in Puglia. The 12th of yes, August. Yeah, so, yeah. Probably the only day of summer. But anyway. Maybe for to self-confidence with the weather in the Cardiff, uh, Robert. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the, it was 35 degrees in Cardiff while I was, it was raining in Puglia. So, yeah, yeah. crazy. But crazy, no, no. So yeah. when we talk about Puglia, Marika, you obviously think about rosé wines. Um, and like I mentioned, you were probably the first producer in, in Downia to, to produce a rosé wine with uh, Nero di Troia, and maybe your most iconic wine, the most representative for you is Il Melograno. Um, have you always believed in, in rosé wines or in, in this type of wine? Oh, yes, it's a, an identity, territorial identity for me. I grew up with rosé wine. You can imagine when I was young, uh, my especially in the summer, People in Luce, especially in Lucera, no, uh, people drink only rosé because uh, don't drink white wine, and uh, the red wine is too strong because in uh, the summer uh, we have too much sun; it's very hot. 
and uh, I growing up with rosé wine. And uh, for me and Sergio, is very very iconic wine. And uh, we start with the rosé wine. The the most famous wine for me and Sergio is the Melograno, especially because Sergio is the first producer to use this grape variety in Daunia to create a rosé wine. In the first step, people is wary because um, usually the producer used the Montepulciano in this area for to make a rosé wine. And people in the first uh, tell me, no, I don't drink rosé, please. But why? Uh, no, the Nero di Troia is too strong. Really? But it's necessary to taste the wine. And uh, now, after 20 years, we have too much followers and people call me for the other country for to drink the rosé. And I made a different product with my rosé. In the past, I made with my friends, a pastry chef, um, Italian, Apulian panettone with rosé wine. Oh, wow. And I made, yes, with a um, uh, pastry chef, chocolatier, um, very, very interesting chocolatino uh, with the inside the rosé wine. As jelly. Oh, yes, I think I, I tried this one. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm happy to say that you didn't uh, kind of, Soren, I know that a lot of producers are kind of looking for that Provence style. And, and when it comes to the color of rosé wine, and it, you know, they go um, paler and paler. But um, I'm happy to say that you. Your Melograno, your rosé wine, it's quite a dark rosé wine. You you can imagine this period, especially in this period, uh, the, the producer, especially in Apulian, I'm so sorry for this critic, changed the color for to follow the customers and uh, change the, the rosé wine with... Uh, with um, different color, like um, in Italian, say petalo di cipolla, but is not the not not our color because we have a sun, of and uh, is an identity, you know. No, I can tell you from my experience here in the UK, uh, when people they they think it's a it's a red wine, they think it's a light red wine, uh, but yeah. then obviously when they, when they taste it, uh, everybody is happy. So. No, it, it, it definitely is a great wine, and uh, and I think it really represents um, what Puglia is. You know, Puglia is, is a major producer of red wine, uh, rosé wines. Um, so it's um, it's great to see that you're still kind of resistant to the um, marketing temptations. Especially uh, when uh, me and Sergio created the Melograno in the first vintage, uh, the name. Melograno or, or in English pomegranate, recall the color of the bench of the fruit. Ah, the same wow. color. But I thought it was very... more for the um, for the flavors that the the wine. Yes, yes, I love this kind of a tree. I have a tree in the farm, and uh, is a beautiful fruit. And uh, when I 
eat the bunch of the melograno, the pomegranate, sorry, I recalled my wine. Amazing. Italian Wine Podcast. If you think you love wine as much as we do, then give us a like and a follow anywhere you get your pods. But Marika, we're going to move on now to probably my favorite wine from 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 your production, which is Il Capriccio. Um, there's a lovely story behind this wine. Uh, so Capriccio in, in English is it's like tantrum. It's like kids tantrums, and and this really is your tantrum, right? Yeah, yes, it's a funny history, Robert, because uh, you know the women me. <laughs> Too much, uh, too much capricci, or in English, uh, tantra. And uh, when I uh, asked to my husband um, uh, a gift for my first birthday, uh, I Your asked uh, to make that. Yes, for it, because the capriccio born for uh, my 40th birthday is a challenge oh, for me. Because uh, my husband asked me, what gift do you want for your special birthday? And uh, I told him, I want to create a wine in my style. And my husband in the winery tell me, what? You are crazy? What do you want? Yes, I want to make a white wine in a special way. Tell me what, Marika, please. Yes, I want to make a wine with the fermentation in uh, French barrel. And uh, I want to make a wine with the creamy, with the full body. Uh, a special wine. And my husband tell me, Marika, you know, it's a risk because it's too difficult to understand for Italian especially for Apulian people, because I start to work in a Puglia region. Uh, still wine, um, simple, because, Robert, uh, people think that uh, it's possible to make a good white wine only in the north, in Trentino, in Friuli. And uh, I tell to my husband, okay, Sergio, no problem. I made a wine. Uh, if I don't sell the wine in every place, I drink the wine with my friends. No problem. <laughs> and uh, he followed and me. Did you drink it with your friends? Or did you manage to sell it? Yes. No, now I drink the wine with my friends and with my customer. Yeah, no, it's it's a great wine and it's, uh, it's a great story. Um, it, it really... Um, I remember when I, I came to visit you, we opened some really yeah. old vintages and it's it, it's it's an incredible wine. And not one that you'd expect from, from Puglia. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I organized a big party and uh, um, a very famous artist, Arianna Greco, uh, gave me another gift, the label of my wine. Uh, she is a very famous Enoic artist. She painted with my wine and uh, oh. is a very, very interesting uh, gift because um, 
my friend uh, is a professional photographer, uh, Claudio Brufola, give to Arianna uh, my uh, photo is a beautiful, uh, beautiful imaging. And uh, Arianna painted the, the label. And during the party, I organized a special um, event for Arianna with your um, uh, with your painting. And uh, I introduced during the party Arianna, the photographer, and the wine. Ah, wow. I know, I think I met Arianna in, in, um, in Miami when we were together doing some, some promotional works. Um, and I guess that's where we, we really met. And she is, a very talented, she is a very talented artist. So she actually paints with, with wine. Um, yes. It's, uh, it's amazing. And of course, now you have a, a, another surprise, which obviously we cannot um, now reveal. Now I yet. am already another working. Another is on the way next year, so there's another tantrum oh, coming, yes. right? Yes, now I am already working on my new project for my 50 years. And my husband are very, very scary, but we work <laughs> together during the vintage. But now maybe... Is uh, is happy because um, is another another capriccio maybe. <laughs> exactly. By the way, I need to I need to to, to make a shout out to, to Sergio. He is a great guy. Um, everybody who who meets him, he's yeah. um, yeah. you know you don't. Uh, it's not someone you you forget about very easily, and he's uh, uh, he loves his his vineyards maybe more than you. But uh, yeah. no, no, he's, he married. He's, he's uh, he married with the vineyard, you know. I know, I know. No, he's, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah. And Marika, so maybe um, there's, we're gonna, I wanted to ask you as well about a very specific uh, doc, a DOC from Puglia. Uh, maybe you're one of a handful of, of wineries um, uh, in, in the area there who, who still produce a catch of meat. Uh, what's, yeah. what's this catch of meat all about? Yes, it's a, it's a little DOC, Cacemite di Lucera, is an expression, in dialectal expression, put and take away very fast. Today there are only five producers, and five years ago we have that created a consortium, but um, unfortunately here in the south it is difficult, you know, to create that app. A very good team for to work to together. I'm so sad for this because uh, I have um intention for to uh explain this this uh, wine. You know, it, it is very interesting. Red wine is a blend. Our production, uh, our receipt used the uh, Nero di Troia. Montepulciano, uh, just a little bit of Bombino Bianco, but um, it's possible to use uh, Sangiovese. Uh, okay. I prefer to use Nero di Troia, it's a very interesting. It's the um, same method like uh, Chianti style. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's very, very interesting wine, and now people research uh, for to study this wine yeah so of course now the the, the tradition of catch meat 
originally it probably would have been a, a rosé wine, right? Yes, uh, yes, because uh, the dialect expression is uh, put and take away very fast. And the producer imaging is um, short maturation and uh, in general short maturation is a... Uh, Usually, usually is a, a rosé wine, but uh, you know uh, when the the situation change and in the past in Lucera there is only one uh, cooperativa is a is a group of a uh, producer change the style of the wine and become red for because people in the world ask red wine and not rosé. Okay, so basically, uh, historically, there was only one winery available for all the, the, the people who had vineyards, and they had a limited yeah. time to, to use the facility and so to, to, to put yes. and take away the grapes, and so it would have been a very quick turnaround for everybody. Yes, very quick, okay. especially because uh, uh, in the past, um, there aren't more uh, place for to make a vinification and people pay for to make a wine. Too much time in the winery, too much uh, money for to make a wine. Oh, and the vinification is very fast. Okay, well, luckily things have, have changed now. So, yeah. uh, uh, yes, now. is a very interesting yeah. wine. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah. Hopefully, a few more producers will will join you in this uh, in this adventure, I guess, or in this project. Now, uh, sorry, I I don't understand the no, question. Hopefully, hopefully, a few more producers from Downia will join you in in this project, you know, and bring catching meat back. Ah, uh, yes, uh, is the cooperativa. Cooperativa is the first producer, and after, uh, in the same age. Uh, Sergio with uh, the other producer Paolo Petrilli. Ah, okay. Yeah, perfect. Right, Marika, I think we're going to move on now from from your wines. Um, and you are, of course, are a, a woman in in wine, and you're very active within the Donna del Vino. Uh, I believe you are the first one, uh, the first member of the Donna del Vino from from Tania, and you, you play a, a major role in. In, in the Donna del Vino in, in Puglia. Um, and I guess you, you must be you must feel like a, a role model for many female entrepreneurs. Yes, I am a woman of wine is uh, the largest uh, women's association of the wine in the world. Now it has uh, more than uh, 900 members and there are inside producers, sommelier, winemakers, and uh, I'm very proud to uh, work in uh, a Puglian team because uh, I, I believe in, uh, in, the, in important rules of a female now. In the, you know, Robert, not many women played an important role in this industry. Now the situation has changed much. When I start 20 years ago, <laughs> I think uh, I, I don't see too much uh, women in, in this industry. And now I'm very, very proud to, um, uh, to make a, a, a positive example for my young colleagues 
because I love to work with the women and I love your flexibility, you know, and yeah. uh, I hope for the future too much girls work in, uh, in, in this world because it's beautiful. No, it's great. It's great to see and it's great to see so many talented uh, winemakers, female winemakers as well. Um, yeah. So it's, it's absolutely, um, it's, and I always follow, when I follow you, you know, there's, there's always something to do with, uh, with the association and, uh, you know, you're always looking for the next project. I feel like every time we speak over the phone, you know, you have a new project on the go. Um, and, uh, and in fact, you probably, your latest project that only uh, was released uh, uh, a couple of months ago is another rosé wine, of course, but this time it's a sparkling wine, Metodo Classico from, from Alianico. Yes, this is another <laughs> another dream because I am a dreamer, you know, you know my, my, my style. And uh, with Sergio, uh, we made a very small production uh, with a Yannico grape, a rosé, uh, Metodo Classico Padose, and that aged 42 months on the lease. Every process is manual, and my husband pulled everything step by step. And uh, yes, uh, I'm very proud because, uh, uh, especially after this uh, pandemic period, you you think uh, uh, in different way, and uh, I choose I choose his name uh, uh, during this period because I reflect in in this moment uh, very very scary, you know, and uh, yeah. this is the reason for I call it the, the sparkling wine Listante della Marchesa. Because I think, uh, I, I understand, uh, I mean, um, that beautiful things do not last long, are simple instants. Wow, that's very, um, very intense. And, and, but you're right there, you know, it's, uh, it's all about those special moments and making the most. And obviously, you, you've studied every little detail about this wine, yeah. uh, including the little... Uh, uh, the little cage that goes on top of yeah. the uh, of the court, right? I I I uh, take care of every detail because I love the details. And uh, his muslet has a stamp and a poem by Aldamirini. is a very famous poem, Italian poem, and printed inside a special poem. But it's a secret. If you drink the wine, you read the poem. <laughs> Amazing. I was very lucky that uh, Marika actually brought, and Sergio brought a, a, a case of this wine uh, at my wedding. So um, it, was, it was very special. It was the first time I, 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 was, I tasted it. And it was, it was a, a very special wine. So thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but now, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you're not a big winery. Um, how many bottles do you, do you produce? But it depends uh, from the vintage because uh, it's necessary to understand the vintage. Uh, now, uh, I think this year, 
18, uh, 18 bottles in total for six uh, labels because I have uh, six labels. Yeah. 18. And of course, you, you yeah. well, you're well distributed in, in Puglia, your wines, uh, you know, you, especially in your area. But um, uh, you can find your wines now all over the world. How important is for you to export and how difficult it, it can be for, for a small winery like yours to, to, to approach new markets or bigger markets? Uh, uh, it's a very good question because uh, I have my personal opinion about uh, uh, um, export uh, markets because uh, for me it's necessary to explain the place, the tradition, the grapes, the history, the family. Is not uh, for me. Is not important to sell only the wine and you put my wine in the markets. No, it's not my style. Every year, uh, I go for um, two weeks in the United States, and uh, I visit uh, with my importer now, my client, and I organize the wine tasting, the course for to um, explain which is the best uh, pairing to my wines and uh, your dishes is necessary to uh, explain the culture and uh, I, I want to, um, to to explain my dream to my customer and this year, uh, in February, uh, I visit my importer in the uh, United States and uh, uh, I, I have with me my friend, a professional photographer, and uh, she followed me for to make a video, a photo, for and to collect some material for to explain my work in Italy. And... I, I, I have my, my support in the States, in the United States, for to uh, teach the people about my area. Because uh, the Italy is very, very big, and Apulia region is very, very big. People don't understand how many kind of uh, wines and uh, grapes, you know, uh, and is necessary to support. No, I agree. And, and obviously, when you have a producer, uh, they're explaining uh, firsthand, uh, is, it's, it's a totally different uh, experience. And of course, we can talk about Puglia all day and, and about your wines all day, but uh, there's nothing like then you know experiencing firsthand and actually visiting then the winery and you're quite active when it comes to to wine tours and and um your door is always open to to people who want to to visit yes uh, i before the pandemic period i organized a very very important tour in incoming with uh, my importers and the client from Florida for one week. And now we restart in this November 
and uh, I follow my client for six days. And uh, we stay together in Lucera and uh, we visit together the uh, other place. I showed my um, restaurant with the traditional dishes and I, I, I teach how do you make the Italian orecchiette, the Apulian orecchiette, but now is an international place. <laughs> and uh, I receive uh, before the interview a picture to my, uh, to a couple of guys that use my orecchiette with tomato for tomato orecchiette con la rucola. It is fantastic because uh, it's a, uh, 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 another goal for me. Of course. Yeah. No, it must be, it must be uh, quite rewarding as well. And, and obviously, I, I do feel like many, many regions, other regions in Italy have done much more when it comes to, to wine tourism and make it more accessible. Um, and we all know that Puglia has nothing to, to envy uh, to these other regions. Uh, but surely much more can be done and what do you think in practical terms it needs to be done to, to develop this part of, of the industry? I think uh, if you have um, human contact and uh, you organize um, a class and uh, you organize a travel and uh, you stay with the people from the other country and you explain your um, your philosophy people uh, are curious to learn about you and uh, especially uh, that you made uh, um with your wine, uh, uh, the history behind the bottle. Yeah, people, I, I find that this as well, you know, a lot of consumers are more curious. Uh, they want to know more about who's behind the bottle. They want to know how the wine is made. You know, they, they, um, there's definitely more curiosity um, out there. So it's, it's definitely a good sign. Yes, yeah, so when, uh, when I have a guest, uh, I invent uh, a special moment uh, the table in the winery where my husband and me work every day. And people look around, uh, the stand still with the wine and uh, taste uh, the, the fresh wine. And it's amazing. Uh, and uh, like you see the people very surprised for to live this experience because people now want human contact and a and beautiful experience because the wine is um is an experience is no, a is a product for to organize people around the table i agree especially after you know the last couple of years where yeah uh, you know human contacts have um we're very limited, uh, so it's it's good to be back, and and no, I can't wait to come and, and visit you again. Yeah, I hope soon. Ah, <laughs> oh, good. How was the these last few years for you? These, you know, with with the pandemic, how did you find? Obviously, you've 
luckily survived and, and uh, was it was it very difficult um, uh, i have more a private client uh, and the people now uh, follow the social media no you know and uh, it's possible to restart or invent uh, another way for to uh, for to show your uh, your work i think it's important uh, especially during uh, this uh, moment you use the positive vibes positive uh, approach for to invent a new style because the life change and the people change is necessary to our uh, flexibility for me and uh, for me the future is positive because i am uh, a positive person and i want to make better for the future that's great no that, that i think that's the only attitude that, that really we need to have you know we, we have to continue and be positive um and obviously good things happened with a glass because, of wine uh, because uh, robert i know very well uh, the problems but people don't want to uh to see the problems uh, is necessary to offer and positive experience because people open the television listen the radio uh, travel and uh, look around the problems is necessary and a positive uh, approach uh, no i agree that's um that's a that's a good point uh how we do it with time i'm not sure are we are we still uh, okay okay well very very good thank you very much Your congratulations marika uh and robert thank you so much um we do have two questions coming in from the uh the audience one is from valentina severinova we've just seen uh we just had met valentina in the campagna stories um Chita scholastica she's our italian wine ambassador from russia and she asked Marika, you mentioned that there are more women in wine industry. Do you think that women bring more emotions in wine production? And what is different in the approach of men and women in winemaking, winery, managing, etc.? Do you find that women feel everything better? So that's a kind of a long-winded question. And there is a, just quickly, another question coming in from Jing our colleague from the office. Marika, would you please suggest one local Puglia dish and an Italian common dish with red wine made of Troia and explain the pairing reason. So Marika, I know it's a lot and we only have a few minutes left if you'd like to address those two questions coming from Valentina and Jing. Yes, thank you, Stevie. Uh, for first questions, I think the difference is the soul your personal soul and your positive approach i think is that mm, the women are a different mentality uh, and usually use the problem solving every day in the family in the work uh, you know 
for the second question, um, I think uh, is a very good um, good matching orecchiette with uh, uh, ragu is an Italian sauce with the meat uh, and vegetables. Yeah, is a good matching ragu. with yes, ragu is an Italian. Uh, every family has a personal receipt. If you can visit Stevie, I have a mine. <laughs> and uh, I think it's a very good uh, matching. Okay, excellent. So we're just in time. I'm going to close up the room. I'm just going to bring back Laika. Hello, Laika. Hi, Stevie. Can you just tell us um, who's on next? Uh, okay, um, I'm still finalizing the lineup, but then we've got, we probably have two for the next ones, but mm -hmm. um, another confirmed, one confirmed will be for October 1. So we've got here Pablo Fernandez. Oh, Pablo. Um, yes, yeah. we met Pablo actually in Clubhouse. Now he's our also, Robert, you did the course with him and you are both our Taiwan yeah. ambassador. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is he's going to um, interview Angelo Barbaglione on October 10 on a Monday. It's a little bit, uh, yeah, the schedules are a bit um, odd right now because mm -hmm. the harvest season is ongoing. So. Yes, I know. It's kind of yeah. difficult for the producers. Yes, yeah. So we've got that one. Okay, great. That's it for now. So you guys stay tuned and we'll get you next time. And don't forget to subscribe to Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your pods. And also our sister channel, check it out, YouTube channel. It's called Mama Jumbo Shrimp. And I am signing off. Ciao ragazzi. Grazie, Robert. Grazie, Maria. Yeah, grazie. La prossima. Grazie. Grazie. Thank you, everybody. Thank We hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th, 2022 in Verona, Italy. Remember, tickets are on sale now. So for more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.